So the reality is that not taking too much risk is going to be, yeah, it's going to limit a little bit of the upside, mm-hmm. but in the long run, you're just going to be financially more healthy and you're always going to be heading in the right direction. There are many factors that contribute to success, skill, good work habits, positive mental attitude, and of course, proper planning. So let's head to the drafting table and get this retirement success blueprint underway with Michael Stewart of Crystal Lake Tax and Financial. I'm your co-host, Mark Killian. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome into the podcast. It's the Retirement Success Blueprint with Michael Stewart and myself talking investing, finance, and retirement. Lots of good stuff to talk about this week on the podcast. We're going to get into an interesting article I saw about the retirement birthdays, if you will, uh, and the retirement diet. So a lot of good stuff to jump into. So we're going to get rocking and rolling this week. Mike, what's going on, buddy? How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, April's here, a little bit of rain, Easter coming up, so it's going to be a busy month. Yeah. At the time we're taping this, we were bummed. You and I are both bummed. UNC lost in the uh, in the ship, lost the championship there, but it is what mm-hmm. it is. This is true. Yep. So spring forward, right? That's right. So now baseball time. <laughs> <laughs> Get taxes over with and it's baseball time. Hey, listen, I saw this article uh, about important birthdays and retirement. Bunch of stuff in here. So I want to try to run through these as fast as we can. But just to kind of touch on them, highlight them a little bit. Thought there was some pretty cool stuff in here. Let's you kind of expand on this a little bit. So let's jump in here. Age 50. You know, Mike, I turned 50 a few months back. And uh, we're eligible for, you know, government says, hey, I'm going to give you some extra stuff here to let you save more for retirement. What's going on? Yeah, there, there's there's two ways that you know that you're getting older in this world is, uh, you know, one is, you know, you get that AARP mailing oh, 50, yeah, no. you know, in, in the mailing. You're like, wait, that's a little early, a little premature. And then the second, then the second thing is that you know whether it's IRA contributions, 401k contributions at work, uh, you're now eligible to actually add additional contributions in. So you know, there's different limits between, you know, it's an extra, say, 6,000 plus if you're in the 401k, yeah. it's an extra thousand on your IRAs. So that just gives you an opportunity to save a little bit more because you're a little bit closer to retirement. Well, hey, $7,000, you know, uh, let's say you had both accounts, you know, six and one, one or the other, $7,000 over, let's say, 15 years or so before you get to retirement, 17 years if you're going to 67 or full retirement age, that can add up. So it can make a nice little dent. So that's one. That's age 50. Uh, 55 is an interesting caveat with this one. There's a lot of people don't know about this uh, important birthday. Yeah. If you, so if you're 55 and let's say you get laid off, laid off or you decide to retire or so, typically you've got to wait a little bit later, a few more years before you can start touching any of your retirement plan money, your 401k and things, or your 457. Otherwise, you pay a 10% early withdrawal penalty. Uh, what they do is as long as you keep the money in the 401k, so not roll it over to an IRA, you know, so it's a whole different conversation. But if you know you're going to need to take withdrawals from that 401k, you can actually from 55 on be able to take it out. Now, the caveat is it also has to be your current 401k. It can't be one from two or three jobs ago. It's got to be the job that you just left. Okay. So yeah, that's an interesting little caveat because a lot of times we think of the next birthday, which is the 59 and a half. It's essentially that, right, Mike, the one you just described, except for it has to be exact from the job you're just leaving. Exactly. So the t- traditional you know, retirement rules for IRAs, 401ks, Roths, things like that is once you've attained the age of 59 and a half, you can now actually do two different things. One is you can access those retirement funds, either lump sum or supplementary income, and you'll still pay income taxes on it. But what you won't do is get hit with the 10% early withdrawal penalty because 59 and a half is that magic number. The second thing, and we do a ton of it with clients, is they know they're getting close to retirement. They're 59 and a half or older. 
you're now eligible to also do something called an in-service rollover. And what that means is you're still working for your 401k or your company. You're putting money in the 401k. Uh, the employer's still matching the new dollars you put in. But let's say you've got $500,000 in a 401k and you're vested in 450 of it. Then you can actually roll that 450 over into an IRA, invest it any way that you want that might make more sense than just the limited choices you have in the 401k. And it still stays tax deferred, still grows for you for retirement. So a lot of individuals, once you attain 59 and a half or later, you start looking at, okay, how can I get the money out of the company plan and invest it the way that I want to for the years leading up to retirement? Okay. So we got 50, 55, 59 and a half, some important birthdays. And of course, this is a lot, but if you can always go back through and listen to it on a podcast, or you can always reach out and talk to your professional about these important birthdays. Uh, let's go to the basics that everybody should know, 62. Yeah, so at 62, that's when you first become eligible to receive Social Security. Uh, the key thing about that, though, is although you are eligible to receive it, there's two big things that you need to be aware of. That's why you want to work with a professional who can run these numbers for you. First is, depending on when your full retirement age is, then 25 to 30% reduction in that Social Security benefit. So if you're supposed to get $2,000 a month, but you take it at 62, you might only get $1,500 a month. The, the second part of that also comes down into um, that from 62 up until your full retirement age, if you do take Social Security early, not only are you taking a reduced amount, but you also are going to be subject to an earnings test. And that means that you can't actually work outside of receiving your Social Security and earn more than $20,000 a year. Otherwise, they're going to take back some of your Social Security benefits. Yeah, they get that little cap on there. So, I mean, if, you're, if your plan calls for you to be able to retire early and maybe you're doing a part-time thing and that money falls into that category, then it may be the right strategy. But if not, maybe waiting to uh, a little bit later is going to be a better choice for you. And so we go to 65 next, and that's, of course, Medicare. Yeah, 65 becomes the real magic number for a lot of people. And it's because of how expensive health care and health insurance is. So at 65, whether you're retired or not, whether you're claiming Social Security or not, you're eligible to actually get on Medicare. So Medicare is about $170 a month, depending on where your income comes in. On average, it's about $170 a month a person, plus whatever your supplement's going to be. So a lot of individuals who would like to retire and financially could retire at 60, 62, 63, they'll continue to work to 65 just to bridge them to Medicare so they know the health insurance is covered. Yeah, exactly. That's a big one. And that's the one we've always kind of universally thought of as the quote unquote retirement target age, probably for that reason. But the actual full retirement age, Mike, is the next one on the list, and that's 66 or 67, depending on your what birthday, right? Yeah, exactly. So the how we Social Security works is, you know, you'll see it on your statement, they call an FRA, and that just means full retirement age. Now you can retire at whatever age you want. This just only applies to social security. So what that means is if you're born in 1954 or earlier, then 66 is your full retirement age, which means that there won't be any reduction in your benefits. If you are born after 1954 all the way through today, then somewhere between 66 and 67 is going to be your full retirement age. So what they do between 54 and 60, they add two months extra. That's why some of you may have that crazy, I'm 66 and eight months, you know, as far oh, as my yeah. full retirement date. Uh, anybody born 1960 or later, 67 is your full retirement age. And all that really means is if and when you choose to claim Social Security, as long as you're at that age, 66, 67, uh, you won't get a reduction in your Social Security benefits. 
Okay. So again, there's all these interesting little birthdays here. And then they changed the 70 and a half because the half thing was silly, which I wish they changed the 59 and a half, but they moved it to 72. And that's the uh, kind of the final milestone. Yeah. And that's, that's when the government's going to force you to take out what they call required minimum distributions. Required minimum distributions just basically say, if you're already taking money out of your IRA, let's call it on average at around a 4% clip to supplement your income, you're going to be fine. You know, you're already taking that money out. But what happens with a lot of our clients is they get to 72 and they're saying, I don't need to touch this money. You know, I'm living on my fixed income, my pension, my social security, other income that I might have coming in. I don't need to touch, you know, my million dollar 401k, but the government's going to tell you, you got to take about 40 grand out, you know, or almost 4% for your required minimum distribution. Now, it's not because, you know, they think you need it. It's because they want to tax it. Right. So it's not because they're thereafter. sweet and kind, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So what happens is a lot of clients, you know, get a little mad because they're like, I don't need this money, but the government's forced me to take it out. And yeah. depending on the size of the required minimum distribution, like I said, at a million dollars for someone single, then they're going to take out, you know, $36,500. The problem is that adds $36,500 to your taxable income and may actually kick you up a tax bracket or two, you know, so now it, then, you know, now it might also cause your social security to be taxable. So there's all these other moving parts that you really want to make sure you coordinate. Yeah. And that's why a good strategy is going to come into play when dealing with that stuff. And of course, RMDs are something you don't want to mess around with because if you don't take them and you have an issue, it's like a 50% penalty. That's a big five zero. So that's pretty hefty stuff. So we want to make sure you do that. So if you've got some questions about these retirement birthdays, these milestones, or you need some help as always, make sure you're checking with a qualified professional like Mike. Before you take any action, you can find them at Crystal Lake Tax. Dot com. That's crystallaketax.com. All right. So we're squeezing a lot into this podcast, Michael. It's springtime, which means a lot of times diet time because I'm starting, I got to open the pool up next week and start cleaning it up and getting it ready and all that kind of stuff. So I was thinking about that. My wife and I were kind of joking. Uh, it's that time of the year when we all start thinking about eating better and losing weight and so on and so forth. So financially, very similar habits here. So if we call this the retirement diet, how to fix them unhealthy financial habits. So I got this interesting little correlation where we can kind of take a food situation and turn it into a financial one. So we'll see how you do with this and see what you can kind of weave for us. Uh, empty calories. My vice is soda. I, I don't drink. I don't smoke. I don't, I've never taken recreational drugs, but man, soda's got a hold on me, Mike. So, you know, like the song goes, what do you do? Then, yeah. Right. <laughs> yep. If you don't do all that. So uh, empty calories are kind of the things, you know, like you talked about, they just don't give any nutritional values, right, right. whether it's the soda they, you talk they about. They taste good, but they, the, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's good, but not good for you. Right? Yeah. So in the financial world, empty calories are things like, you know, when you, you know, your broker goes out and says, hey, I'll build a plan for you. And then he gives you this big binder. It's got a hundred pages on it and you're never going to read it again. <laughs> you're going to throw it up on the shelf. And, you know, you're not going to do anything with it. You don't even know what's in it. There's just, that's empty calories. There's nothing there for you. So what you need to do is actually, you know, what we do is for clients is we break it down. Yeah, we, we'll pull that 100, 100 pager for you. But when we go over the plan, we pull out like the five or six pages in there that are truly relevant to you for income and estate planning and taxes and risk and those things so that you understand what it is. You know, so it's yeah. not just handing you a, a book and saying, hey, go to town. I got you. Yeah, I like that. So it's it's what do we used to call it whenever you you try to go check out one of your bands, if uh, your favorite band's new album, and it's like, oh, this is all killer and no filler, you know, or something mm -hmm. like that. So it's just a lot of fluff on there sometimes in those big giant hundred pagers that just we're never going to get to. To your point, you're just never going to pay attention to it. So uh, that's a great analogy with the empty calories. Now I said I like my sugar. Well, 
or excuse me, I like my soda, which is full of a lot of sugar, right? So not only that, but I mean, just lots of things that we enjoy um, has sugar in it. And surprisingly enough, so much stuff has actually sugar and sodium in it that it's kind of mind boggling sometimes. You think, why is there sugar in this? But what's the financial, I guess, parallel to sugar? Yeah. And an example of that, you know, to build on your point is that, you know, like we've got three kids, you know, pretty much adults at this stage and, you know, they'll be drinking fruit juice and think that they're, they're you know, being healthy. And I'm like, do you realize how much sugar is in that? And why oh, would they yeah. need to add additional sugar on something you know, that That's already naturally has naturally? Sweet. Yeah, exactly. So in the financial world, added sugar comes in the form of just mainly hidden fees. Right. You might believe that, you know, you've got this 401k and hey, I'm not paying anything, but there are fees. If you read the prospectus, be it your 401k, your IRAs, you know, all your different investments, we get clients that come in and say, hey, you know, I'm not paying my broker anything. And then maybe they're in this variable annuity or some insurance product and we'll say, well, here, look on page 196 of the prospectus, it says, you know, you're paying about three or 4% in fees. Right. And just because they're not shown doesn't mean that they're not there. There is no free lunch. So when we look at uh, added sugar, a lot of times that's just paying unnecessary, kind of voluntarily paying unnecessary fees. So we try to kind of, you know, cut that sugar out of your diet. You know, it's kind of funny when I was talking about this concept with the wife a little bit. And I'm like, yeah, as look, I'm looking at different, you know, cans and stuff in the in the pantry. I'm like, why is there sugar in tomato soup? Right. <laughs> and she's like, you can tell you don't she's like, you can tell you don't do anything in the kitchen. <laughs> so a lot of times to, to cooks, it's very obvious why, you know, that the, why there's sugar and salt and things. But if you think about our processed foods in general here in the United States, we're one of the worst countries, right, for pros, over processing our stuff, which is why we have these dietary issues and things of that nature is because of the preservative. You know, right? you're putting this stuff in. To make it last, you know, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine times longer than it might if it was completely natural. And so when you're t- thinking about that financial aspect of it, sometimes we don't necessarily need all the preservatives or the fluff to get what we, you know, get to the meat of it, if you will. So uh, let's do one more here trans fats. This is something that people probably are familiar with, maybe not, but I'll make it real simple. Donuts, love some <laughs> donuts, right? Yeah, no, I agree. You know, that's your cakes, your pies, your cookies, your donuts, you know, all the good stuff. You know, right. Uh, so you, you know they're not good for you, but they just taste so good that you know you can't help yourself. Exactly. And that's almost like everything on the list, you know, that, Pretty we, much, that we're talking yeah. about. Now, in your retirement plan from a financial perspective, if you have too much exposure to risk, it's kind of like consuming fats. You know, there's this thing that like if you take a look at, you know, people say, Well, I love the upside, I love the potential returns, but the problem on the risk side of it is you go through a bear market and we're due, right? Could be three months, could be three years, could be three days, who knows? But how you mitigate your risk, and that's the trans fats, if you think about it, is you know if we go through a bear market, markets fall 40%, but you fall 15, you only need a 20% return just to get back even, and then you're back in the game again, making money. If you lose that 40%, now you need about a 55% return just to get back yeah. even. So, so the reality is that not taking too much risk is going to be, yeah, it's going to limit a little bit of the upside, mm-hmm. but in the long run, you're just going to be financially more healthy and you're always going to be heading in the right direction. Well, and if you think about the market, uh, Mike, over the last couple of years, right, 19, 20, 21, I mean, obviously we've been on this bull run for longer than that, but just those three years in general, kind of like the donuts, right, kind of same analogy, it's been doing great. The numbers were really, really high. So you go, well, I can, I can have one more. I, one more donut <laughs> won't hurt me, right? So we take a little bit more risk and and that's a great comparison there when you're talking about that with those trans fats. So I had one other quick one. I just thought since we're dealing with inflation, and I've always liked inflation to calories. 
because we all know calories exist. We all know inflation exists, but we typically don't pay attention to it until we feel the need to diet or until we're going to the gas pump and it's $4 an hour or we're in 10% inflation, right? So that's another kind of financial food parallel. Yeah, no, it, it is. And, and it's the one that you don't see, you right. know, so it's the one that's not on the ingredient label. Right? Yeah. So all, so all of a sudden, but it's going to cause you financial harm if you don't prepare for it and you're just not ready for it on how that's going to impact. You know, if in the next, if inflation, you know, remains high, not even at the high levels at 7% plus we are right now, but let's just say historically, you know, it sits around three, 4% over the course of the next decade or so, mm-hmm. then everything's going to cost about 50% more than it does today in about 10 years. So are you prepared for that? Yeah. Yeah, the uh, it just works adversely, right? The calories expand our our waistline, whereas the inflation shrinks our bottom line. <laughs> <So> <laughs> it's kind of like uh, kind of like bonds and the interest rates. Um, all right, well, let's do at least do an email and then we'll wrap it up this week. A lot of good content, a lot of fun on this conversation on the podcast. You got those. You know, there's dietary kind of correlations to the financial planning, got some important birthdays. Of course, when you think about the birthdays, we think about cake. So it all kind of goes, at least I do anyway. Uh, I love me some cake. So you can kind of put all those little things together. And again, if you've got questions, you need some help. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast, you can find all that information at Mike's website at crystallaketax.com. That's crystallaketax.com. Of course, he's been helping families get to and through retirement for many, many years. So if you're not working with a financial professional, definitely reach out to Michael before you take any action on anything you hear on our podcast or any other. You can also drop a line into the show if you'd like to have your questions answered or asked on the podcast, which is what we're going to do right now from Lisa in Lakewood. She says, Michael, I'm retired and my husband needs capitals (laughs) to retire because he's a roofer and his body cannot take the punishment anymore, but he just refuses to walk away. I don't know if it's some kind of notion that he has to provide for me or what his deal is, but I'm sure we have enough money saved to be fine, but I can't convince him of that. Suggestions on how to get him on board. Yeah, Lisa, this is common when I hear it all, all the time, probably every week from different different you know, husbands, wives, individuals and that. And step one for you, Lisa, for you and your husband is really just get a real financial plan. And then when I say that, it's one that shows that if he stopped working today, where would the income come from? Right. So when you wake up tomorrow, how are you still paying the bills? Because that, that's probably what's going through the back of his mind. Mm-hmm. So when, when I talk about a plan, we call ours the retirement success blueprint. And it's going to cover five areas for you, Lisa. So, you know, get if you, you know, as long as you're not driving, jot this down. You know, one is the retirement income. Where's your income coming from? How are you claiming Social Security? How do you maximize a pension? If he's a roofer, maybe he's union, he's got that. How do you leverage your savings to make sure that you get the income that you need in retirement and a rising income at that? Secondly, how should you be invested, right? What should your asset allocation be based on the fact that now you're going into retirement for both of you? Yeah, you want to take some risk. You need to keep up with inflation, but at the same time, you don't want to take any more risk than you need to to achieve your goals. The third thing is taxes, right? How do you legally pay the least amount of taxes over your lifetime? Part of that's a healthcare plan. If you need the long-term care, how would you pay for it? And the last part is an estate plan. When you have all five of those areas, Lisa, that gives you and your husband the confidence and clarity to know that you can retire, that it's going to be okay. So no matter what life throws at you, you know where your income's coming from. You're not taking too much risk. So when we go through rocky markets like we are right now, you're not concerned. You're legally paying the least amount of taxes. If you needed assisted living or home-based health care, how would you pay for it? And you're leaving the legacy that you want. When you get those things answered, and that's not just an investment conversation. That's a real financial plan working with the fiduciary. That gives you confidence in saying, you know what, we can do this and we're going to be okay. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you said confidence because that's the first thing I thought when I was reading that, Mike, is that he might just not have the confidence uh, to retire, right? He's, he's thinking, hey, I just got to keep doing this because they maybe just don't know. They just don't have the numbers and the data in front of them. So if you want to get him on board, that's certainly a good place to start. Sit down and, and kind of have it in black and white. Hey, this is going to be okay. Or no, we need to make these changes or whatever that looks like. So thanks for the question. Great question. Thanks for the time here on the podcast as always. So if you do have those questions, get on the calendar, get some of that confidence by coming in and sitting down and getting a strategy put together for yourself with Michael and his team at Crystal Lake Tax and Financial. Again, you can find them online at crystallaketax.com. Mike, thanks for hanging out, my friend. I appreciate you as always. All right. Take care. And I know going forward, you need cake and soda. I know, man. Don't remind me. (laughs) The wife already does. Appreciate you, my friend. Have a good one. We'll see you next time here on the Retirement Success Blueprint with Michael Stewart. Investment advisory services offered through Sound Income Strategies, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Crystal Lake Tax and Financial and Sound Income Strategies, LLC, are not associated entities. Crystal Lake Tax and Financial is a franchise of the Retirement Income Store. The Retirement Income Store and Sound Income Strategies, LLC, are associated entities.